It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Where's the roundup, Scott? It's right there. But I wanted to just start off right off the bat with this right here, man. The second annual NFL PA team report card was dropped yesterday. And this is what they had to say about the Dallas Cowboys, which I, I just, again, I find this very interesting given this is the Cowboys. So let's read off, first of all, the, the grades. Okay. Te- treatment of families, A. Food cafeteria, B. Ranks in the top 11. Nutritionist, dietitian, B. Locker room, we all know they got one of the best locker rooms in the world. Strength coaches, B. Head coach, A. We know they love the head coach. Ownership ranked 19th would it be. I, I found that interesting, and I bet that's a lot to do with Steven, but, you know. But the ones where they ranked low is are inexcusable to me. C-minus in training room, which was 26th. D-plus in training staff, which is 30th. And C minus in team travel. Huh? This is what the NFLPA article had to say about this specific thing. The major issue in Dallas, based on the responses, is centered around the training room. The players feel like they are very understaffed in this department, and it is difficult to get the uh, necessary preparation and treatment to perform at their best. Only 62% of the players feel like they get an adequate amount of one-on-one treatment time, which ranks 30th in the NFL. The other issue was mentioned uh, mentioned was that the players feel the training room lacks basic equipment that you would expect to be standard in any other training facility. What? It's the Dallas Cowboys. You are worth how many billions of dollars? Your, your training, your training room, staff, and facilities should be the best in the world, Craig. But if y'all remember, when Cole Beasley left, Cole said, hey, man, this, the Buffalo stuff over here is better for real. Paraphrasing, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but that's, that's basically what he said. The Buffalo, and this was in Buffalo, and this is Buffalo we're talking about, y'all. Was was better than what they were. He was dealing with here in Dallas. So uh, for a team, and again, I, and J.C. Treader, the president of of the player NFLPA, he was like, "Hey, this isn't about talking about wins, loss, or anything. This is just about bringing awareness to where some teams need to be better from a working condition environment, and and then highlighting where they are great, and we can learn from that across the league, and where the Cowboys lack are very surprising training room." training staff and travel for this particular team uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense for me last year they they were fifth i think overall when you added everything up obviously they've been knocked down a little bit this year so we shall see what happens moving forward 
you would hope they would hear this and they would listen to this and they would they would staff their guys uh, so their players can can be attended to the way they need to be. You know, now I'm not in that training room. I, I don't know what's going on, but and, and training doesn't just stop at the facility. Uh, I know for a fact that these guys go home and they do the same things as well. But come on, Cowboys. Let's get together a little bit, man. going to be a big combine day we're going to be talking about some prospects we're going to be we're going to be talking about what's going on down there listening to a few coaches some gms etc etc and one of the coaches that spoke obviously is new head coach for the washington football people our former defensive coordinator dan quinn and he was asked about micah and he was asked about some other things too this is a particularly long ish video i'm gonna play here roughly two minutes but I do want to play it fully through because he talks about, you know, exploring Micah's ability. Somebody asked him about the linebacker defensive end thing, and he went on a very detailed explanation and he dropped some things in there that if you if you listen, you can tell where this came from. And then we'll talk about uh, what Steven said afterwards. But take a listen to Dan Quinn discussing Michael Parsons while he was here. It was super important. One of the, the fun parts about Mike is like he pushed me to think differently. And I think that's when you have a rare player of how do you find unique things about them and then try to feature those in that way. And I think he was probably the most rare um, that I was able to find. He could be off the ball, on the ball, rush over a guard, move over to a tackle. And so first and foremost, you have to be a really smart person to be able to play those kind of different positions than he is. And then you have to have the competitiveness to say, I can go attack him and go attack him because, as you know, the better you get, you get more attention. And so you have to then find ways to beat a chip and beat a double team and find unique ways to do that. So it was fun to go through that process with him. I'm super proud of him, uh, you know, of the, the trajectory that he's on. And I think, um, you know, he's going to continue on in that way. How tricky was it for you in terms of, like you said, he can do so much. You guys had a need at linebacker, but he's also a great pass rusher. How, how, do you kinda, how did you kind of work through all that? I think finding it out, you know, you had to explore it. You had to try it because for him in Penn State, he wasn't as much defensive end as we utilized him into that space. So finding unique ways to do it. And we answered it more of that, more of that. And just putting a player like him in the, the spots, they can do their thing. And that's what I enjoy most, you know, on the coaching is finding all these unique things that a player can do. And then how do you feature them on offense or defense or, you know, in the return game. And so, um, I look back even, you know, for the guys who were in the Hall of Fame of like, I'm super proud of some of the class for this year, whether it was Freeney or Hester, of guys who had these really unique traits and they could do that one thing better than anybody. And so for Dwight, he could set up a bull or a spin and the tackle didn't know which one. Um, and for Devin, you know, his ability to accelerate and cut and make somebody miss and break normal touchdown saving uh, angles, those are things that they had unique stuff and so as a coach, that's our job to try to find ways to do that. And those are examples of like those guys found their superpower and were able to absolutely let it rip. And I enjoy that part of seeing that happen. So he talks about finding that superpower and letting them rip, finding the unique things they do. Can they do that one thing better than anyone else? Our job as coaches is to find that and use that Every time. And the conversation has come up a bunch of times. No matter what side of the fence you're on, 
linebacker, defense end, linebacker with Micah Parsons. He looked at Micah as a guy that can rush the passer better than anybody and said, we're going to lean into it. And a lot of people question, well, why is Micah going to play linebacker? Well, Micah's not the damn coach. <laughs> He's going to do what the coach asked him to do. And that's why I said, well, he can moonlight at linebacker. You probably rush the passer, but it's honing into that superpower. It is clear the coaches thought that was his superpower, and they're not necessarily wrong because he formed into one of the best defensive ends in the National Football League, one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League. So I'm not coming at them for that. The issue is on the other side of it, the linebacker spot, right? That because you weren't able to play him at backer, you lacked at the linebacker spot, which is your fault because you didn't address it and you relied on an injury-prone guy that you moved a guy out of position to do that. And I kept coming on here saying, well, look, they these guys are worried about moving him back there because they don't have a rush without him. And the numbers in the film and everything statistically backs that up. But the problem is the guys above Dan Quinn believe that Hey, man, we thought Michael was going to play a little bit more linebacker. And that guy I'm talking about is none other than the, the capo himself of Capafella Records, Stephen Jones. So Stephen Jones was asked about the linebacker situation and just, just a bunch of stuff down there. We're going to get into that. We're going to morph our way into this conversation here about Stephen Jones. Not about Stephen Jones, but about what's going on down at the combine. He was asked about the linebacker spot and knowing that it's a deficiency, some of the things they have to address offense, defense. And then he brought up Micah, and I thought this was very interesting. So let's go ahead and take a listen real quick. One time for the one time, y'all. You know, we certainly have obvious needs, uh, you know, on both defense and offense that we'll need to uh, – to look at uh, with guys who are going to be free agents, obviously Tyron and Baidaz, and uh, you know you got guys who are. Uh, First of all, how diabolical is it that this guy been on your team for four years and you still can't say his name right? Baidaz, damn Steve. Going to be free on that side. Uh, obviously, the linebacking situation we got a little thin there. Uh, you know what Mike's vision is for Micah? Is he a true? You know, pass rusher most of the time, or got some. You know, last year he ended up. That's pretty much what he did, and I think, you know, very effective. But I think it hurt us with our linebacker depth because we were thinking, of, you know, he was going to do more linebacking. But you know, I think between the linebacker situation and, you know, obviously we're we're still working, work in progress on getting better against the run. And we're gonna we're gonna pick that up there too. But it's clear they are trying to attack said position not just based off of what he said right but they thought or at least he did or whomever else probably jerry but again i I don't i think jerry's just a bit of aloof but that michael was going to play some more linebacker and that they're going to attack this linebacker position in fact they've met with a handful of backers already and i'd expect them to meet with more not just at the combine uh but once you start getting to the 30 days and all this other stuff so I wanted to take a look at the I wanted to take a look with y'all at the Cowboys formal meetings so far. And you'll see some of the top linebackers in the class um, have already met with them. Real quick, just a quick rundown of the, the formal meetings. You get 45 of these things down here at the combine. Um, these are eight. And just by these eight. Now, granted, 
again, these are the, the this is the group of players that will be actually doing on field things today. Uh, so they met with them at the podium and whatnot. These are the players that the Cowboys have formally met with, which holds a lot more weight than informally because informally could just mean I just walked by you, said, what's up? How's it going? Great workout. See ya. Boom. Hey, so-and-so talk to so-and-so. These ones here, they schedule it. They sit down. Um, they have the meeting, probably do some boards, ask legitimate questions. So when you see Edger and Cooper up there, Junior Colson, Tavondre Sweat up there, you know these guys are taking, well, you would hope, but they are, taking this position seriously. Um, this could also technically mean keep your eye on it for free agency as well. And we talked about a bunch of guys in free agency. But you're likely going to see them in the top 100 picks take a backer and potentially take a defensive tackle. And I know you see the, the Michigan names up there and people get up in arms. I hear you. I get it. Whatever. But the Cowboys do need some help there. They do need to get bigger there. The right now, currently, as we speak, right? No um, Hankins on the team. No Neville Gallimore on the team. You got Osa, Mozzie, and uh, Golston, who moonlights there as well, play some, right? So you got some lighter dudes. No pun intended on the Mozzie thing. I feel like he'll get, get the weight back on. But you don't really have, even if you get a, a normal three tech, that's 305-ish. That's much bigger than what you currently have on the roster. So they're looking at some of these dudes and clearly Tavondre Sweat's the, not the three tech that I was just mentioned, but he is a big dude. And a lot of people believe what well, the Cowboys aren't going to go back to back, you know, taking a, a big dude. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because Mike Zimmer really truly do believes now we talked about the fat boys, right? So getting back to Steven Jones, Again, he talked about stopping the run and running the ball, and I want to kind of parlay that into this defensive tackle position, but I want you to take a listen to Stephen Jones uh, speaking on stopping the run and, and, and running the rock. Uh, you know, I think that's a very fair statement that we can be more physical and uh, need more uh, size at that position. I think Mike Zimmer, you know, when he talks, I'm sure he's going to echo those thoughts too. He wants more size there and physicality there and, I mean, I think Bell was outstanding, but he is, you know, he, he, he was a safety when he started the season. So, uh, and then, you know, in general, that was our scheme, you know, a more of a three safety, two linebacker scheme than we were a three linebacker, two safety scheme. So, you know, I think those are all things that, you know, Mike's going to get in there and we're going to look at and we'll come up with a good solution that we think will make us better against the run. I mean, obviously running the football and stopping the run, or at the top of our list uh, this offseason. And like I said, when you go back and you look at the graph here, I, I don't, I don't, listen, it's hard to trust anything they say in general, but it's really hard to, not to believe that getting a linebacker and a defensive tackle that's going to help you stop the run is a lie. I, I, I would be shocked. They just don't have the bodies. So they, they have to get the bodies in general, but they have to get bigger and better, both. At both spots, linebacker and defensive tackle. That's just, you just physically don't don't have it. And then you literally don't have the body. So I do believe that uh, this will be a priority. And you can kind of see it already working its way down at the combine. Now, obviously, another dude that's going to help you do that is Mozzie Smith. And Steven talked about 
Mozzie Smith yesterday when he was asked about his potential and his year to jump. Yeah, we have nothing but confidence in Mozzie. I mean, I think it was a transition for him that he was trying to get his hands around, you know, the technique and the way he played in Michigan versus what, uh, you know, Dan was trying to incorporate in his game. Uh, so I think Mozzie can take a big jump uh, in terms of this second year with him. He's got all the right uh, uh, skill sets, got all the right intangibles to go out there and, and get the job done. And we believe uh, he's going to uh, make a big jump here in the second year. So I found this tweet before we uh, head over to talk to Pat real quick that I want to bring up. It's not necessarily a tweet. It's more of a excerpt from an, an old article. Shouts out to my guy, John, only for pointing this out because he believes in Zimmer's role or in Zimmer's scheme, Mozzie actually fits it better. Now, here's what we know about Mozzie Smith, right? He was brought in here. We thought to be that nose tackle, big guy, stopped to run, more of a two-gap in situation, but they asked him to, you know, not do that. They wanted him to, to they wanted to hone in more on his pass rushing and get upfield, et cetera, et cetera. This is an excerpt from uh, years ago talking about Linvel Joseph uh, moving on from the Giants to the Vikings. I'm going to skip the first part a little bit and go down to the second part because this is very interesting. So the first part is actually says the player will contain on plays that are likely to be runs or tip off runs. And he's talking about uh, the Vikings scheme, uh, taking Brian Robinson's spot, a guy who played. Uh, in Minnesota under Mike Zimmer. And it says, which means they'll ease up on attacking the edge and instead control the player in front of them in the gap they are assigned so that they don't overshoot a runner and can tackle them at or behind the line of scrimmage. This kind of play was difficult for Linvel Joseph to learn upon coming to Minnesota from New York because in New York, the nose tackles, opposite from the technique Zimmer preaches, they ask you to penetrate the gaps and get upfield. So they talked about a play, and then Linval Joseph, who ended up being a fantastic defensive tackle for Mike Zimmer, said this. If I stayed on the center, I would have been there, and when the running back cut back, I would have. Uh, I needed to make a wall and let the linebackers run around and make plays. And then he says, since then, Joseph has blossomed into the league's best one tech, and his ability to hold blockers has become a critical uh, part of the scheme, as Will Forks had been for New England. So I wanted to bring that up because you hear Mozzie, and obviously did not have a great season, right? It was not a good rookie year. But I, but I do think, granted, if he puts the, the weight back on, I have no idea what's going on with that. If Mozzie gets back up to Mozzie weight, I do think in this scheme, which relies much more on these guys helping the other guys as opposed to penetrating, getting upfield, et cetera, I do think this will help him more. That doesn't mean I'm stopping myself from drafting more bodies or potentially adding more bodies. I just think this scheme in general is going to have a, a positive effect on the front seven, especially for a guy that came in here 330 plus and you hope gets back to that. But we shall see about that. Let's go ahead and hit the scientific method with our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker from DallasCowboys.com. What's good with you, Pat? We're talking on a Thursday, man. This feels weird. <laughs> yeah, man. It it's not weird. it's, it's, it's I'll, not the I'll, normal. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'm good, brother. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. Trying to break down some of these things that we've uh we've been hearing and seeing down there at the combine. But good to have you back on this Thursday. 
Hey, man, it's always fun, man. And you're not trying to break it down. I'm hearing you. You're breaking it down. My right? God. You got to adjust your vernacular, right? We don't try to do anything. We there you do. go. There is only do or do not. This is why I passed my guy, man. Speaks that life into me. Appreciate you, big dog. <laughs> so we were just talking, actually, um, about some of the formal meetings that the Cowboys are having down there, which I'm a little mad you ain't down there, Pat, because I know you'd you, you be asking some good questions. So I am. Yeah. Maybe, um, next year. And, and, and just, yeah, just, just for clarity, a little bit of a personal issue that kind of held me back at the last ah. minute. Because I was scheduled to go as, as I annually do, but a couple of days before the trip, you know, family thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that I needed to be here to manage. So, you know, absolutely wish I was out there, but at the same time, you know, home duties are home duties. So got to do what I got to do. However, I still have my people on the ground, Nicole Hutchison, Nick Harris, yeah. doing great work out there. I'm in constant communication with them. I'm sending them, I know I'm getting on their nerves. I'm sending them some things early, you know, 5, 6 a.m. Like, hey, can you check out, can you ask this prospect this, can you ask this prospect this? So they're definitely helping me out, getting me the intel I need so that I can feed Cowboys Nation what they need. Yeah, they're doing a fantastic job. Um, if you if you go look at the, the reporting and how we're getting the formal meetings, it's, it's coming from uh, Nick and Nicole. So shout out to them. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about, about these formal meetings because it's clear the Cowboys want to get bigger and stronger, right? That's the center point probably of this entire offseason. And they've met with eight players formally. And I want to know from you, of those players so far, who are you most intrigued with? Well, first of all, it has to start with these Texas guys. And when I say Texas guys, I'm also talking about the Aggie as well. So Edrick Cooper at linebacker, uh, he's one that really piques my attention as well. He should pique everyone's attention. And then the other uh, elephant in the room, um, no pun intended, Tavondre Sweat, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> big boy yeah. So, uh, I mean, when you look at, the the first round of, of formal meetings that the Cowboys had coming out of that first defensive front group on yesterday, it's clear that they're focusing in on linebackers and interior defensive linemen. And that is chef kiss because that is exactly what they need to be focusing on. You know, they didn't have any, not that have come out just yet. I'm sure it'll kind of trickle out over the next couple of days. But as of yesterday, there weren't any formal defensive end meetings. And, you know, that's fine because look at where they are in defensive end. Uh, but you definitely have to address that linebacker and interior defensive line uh, situation. And Edrick Cooper, I mean, he just jumps off the tape. I mean, absolutely yeah. jumps off the tape. Uh, another guy, Tyron Hopper out of Missouri, I think he's very underrated. I understand that, you know, not a lot of people kind of pay attention to the University of Missouri. Yes, it's an SEC school, but they're not one of the upper echelon SEC teams. But as an SEC guy, go dogs. We'll get to that in a moment because I know what you sent me on the rundown. Um, I've been able to watch Missouri, that program, over the past couple seasons, every season as a matter of fact. And I've seen what Tyron Hopper has done, and I think he's one of the more underrated linebackers out there. But Edron Cooper, Tavondre Sweat, I'm just having these wonderful uh, and McKinley Jackson, he's another one. He's he's Aggie. These Texas and Texas A&M guys, they're really they're really popping coming into this draft. Um, but when you look at guys like that, you just know that there's immediate impact. I don't look at a guy like Cooper um, or Sweat or Jackson or even Hopper for that matter and find myself worried that they you know won't necessarily hit the ground running. I'll grant them the rookie curve absolutely, which could be a two year process. But these guys look more prepackaged and ready to go. That that's crazy that you say that because this next question I want I want to ask you about wasn't well, any really question I'm kind of my statement and your thoughts kind of centers around guys that can come in here and hit the ground running because a report came out last night 
that, you know, the Cowboys' new hires are signed only a one-year deal to go along with their head coach. And for me, Pat, I feel like that makes this scouting process a little bit tricky because we know when you're doing drafts, it's a long-term investment, but you don't really have that same long-term investment with these coaches. So that that has to make this process difficult in the sense of I, I don't – me personally, I don't know how you can draft a guy – early with premium picks that you say, yeah, we'll give it a couple years. You almost need these guys to come in hitting the ground running now, right? Oh, yeah, you absolutely do. And uh, I did see the report. Shout out to Michael Gilkin. I will say this. Uh, that's not necessarily news on our end because I know that might have been two weeks ago, two Cowboys breaks ago, the podcast, where Derek asked me if I had gotten information on how long Zimmer is in the building. I said, hey, I'm here in one year. Okay. So it tracks that, you know, based on what Gelkin was saying yesterday, it tracks that the other new faces coming into the building, they're only on one year as well because they're tied to the Zimmer administration on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then, of course, we already know the status of Mike McCarthy. He's on a proven deal. Dak Prescott absent an extension, which I'm, they're still in the works there. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear on that. Though it's not promised, that's, that's a true statement by Michael Gelkin. It's also true that they're actively working toward it. So it is also equally possible that it happens. But absent a deal on Dak Prescott, he goes into a proven season. So that all circles to your original point, which is a fantastic one. This is this is part of the definition of being all in for the Cowboys, wherein, you know, not only do you have these coaches and potentially, potentially you're starting quarterback on a contract year, you don't have the luxury when you're looking at these uh, these prospects and meeting with these prospects and going into the NFL draft of looking at one and saying, you know what, I think we'll do our usual second-round dice roll on mm -hmm. a guy who might pan out in year three. Okay, well, this coaching staff that's doing these interviews, they might not have year three. So I get it from a scouting standpoint. From a scouting standpoint, you know, you have that, that luxury, so to speak, right? Will McClay, thankfully, isn't going anywhere. His staff isn't going anywhere. But if you're Mike McCarthy, you're Mike Zimmer, you're the coaches – you now sit at the table with the scouts and you say, hey, I can respect that you guys have contracts beyond 2024. However, we do not, so we need this guy yeah. because this guy is prepackaged and ready to go right now. So very interesting dialogue that I'm sure is, is an active one between the scouting department and the coaches. But one thing I've come to learn uh, when it comes to Will McClay, he is hand-in-hand -hand with his coaches. Um, so if, if McCarthy and Zimmer are coming to him saying, we need guys ready to go right now, I can 100% guarantee you Will McClay is, is on board with that. See, that just takes me back to last week. If it was me, man, I'd just go ahead and just trade these picks. I'm just saying. But we ain't going to talk to Pat about that. I, that's just Skywalker still talking about trading some of these picks. Not Patrick Dosey Walker. That's all I'm saying, Pat. Yeah, yeah there you go. Good disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I got some. I got some ideas. For some no, we can, talk, we can talk off forward. air. However. Off air about that. Yeah, however, I, I can't officially put that. You know, because, again, I, it's one thing for me to say I, I want to send some of these picks away for some folks, but it's another thing for me to be the reason the Cowboys get picks taken and, and then don't get any folks in exchange. So, you know, I got to play it how I got to play it. Yeah. Oh, that's it, man. Um, this next one. So I, I don't normally do this, but I, I decided to do this because this is a Georgia boy, okay? Mel Kuyper, who puts out mm -hmm. his mock drafts. If, if I was, like, full-fledged, you know, draft content guy, I would react to all these these mock drafts because that's that's great content. But this guy in particular that Mel Kuyper decided to say that, you know, the Cowboys will be taking is a Georgia boy. Offensive tackle, Marius Mims. I've uh, been talking a lot about him with, 
with Vach, six foot seven, three hundred thirty pound, athletic but inexperienced uh, tackle. And and you you had a, a very funny response to this, but I do want to get your thoughts on your boy because you you know that's your squad, that's where you're from, or you know your school, and you probably know all these Georgia cats better than most people. So Amarius Mims, Cowboys select the offensive tackle from Georgia. What are your thoughts if that happens? All right. So uh, anyone who has followed me for any respectable length of time knows that, yes, I am a Georgia alum and I'm all in on my Georgia boys. But um, once they hit the draft pool, the objectivity comes in 100 percent. And if you don't believe me, go back and look at my takes on Khalid Ringo last year and and this time last year. And you'll see that I absolutely did not want him in Dallas. So um, once uh, (laughs) once they leave Athens, you know, I love you, but now we got to talk straight. Mims, um, absolute animal, 6'7", 340 pounds. Uh, anchor is fantastic. Hands, powerful. Um, he, he's he's a bully in a phone booth, 100%. Bully in a phone booth, he gets the job done. My my concerns on Mims would be, you know, what does he look like coming off of that tightrope surgery uh, on his ankle? Um, not necessarily a major issue, but, you know, something to keep an eye on. A slight red flag. I'd say a pink flag, not necessarily a red flag. But the bigger red flag is is that he lacks the, the experience mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that some of the other uh, prospects have. Now, when you talk about what we just spoke about still in that you're Mike McCarthy, you need a guy to be able to come in and possibly impact the game quickly because, yes, I'm on record as wanting Tyron Smith back on this team for 2024. Absolutely. But we also know that Tyron Smith, you have to plan for him to miss upwards of half the season. If that were to happen and the Cowboys continue to remain hell-bent on keeping Tyron Smith at left guard as they were in 2023, then you would love to believe that a guy, whoever you pick with a premium pick, because this is you're talking first-round pick now. Yeah. This is a yeah. first-round pick, okay? If you're going to use a first-round pick on a guy, you have to know that he has the ability to do what Tyler Smith did in 2022 and that, you know, you could put him right there at left tackle in the, you know, break glass in case of emergency type situation, and he's going to be able to perform. I believe that Mims could possibly do that, but I believe that there are other experienced guys, uh, prospects in the draft that you could also take in the first round that will be in the bottom of the first round, maybe like a J.C. Latham, for example. Similar build, a little bit heavier, 6'6", 360, a couple inches taller, more experienced, more decorated as far as his football pedigree is concerned. Um, that would give me more confidence. And, folks, if you again, if you're questioning the objectivity, I just gave you an Alabama guy. Let me give you Alabama guy over my Georgia guy. So uh, I, I would have them neck and neck, but my, my edge would go to a guy like Latham because my only concern, my main concern, I should say, with Mims, I, I believe that he'll be great, uh, fantastic at the NFL level. I don't know that he'll hit the ground running, although I think a guy like Latham or some of these other mm-hmm. uh, top OT prospects could possibly hit the ground running if you lose Tyron Smith in like week three or, or week seven or something like that. These, these those other guys could probably come in and do more work uh, quickly, more quickly than can Mims. I think Mims is more of like a 2025 guy if he mm. were to be uh, brought with the Cowboys. But also, let me say this, and I'll throw it back to you. You alluded to what I said in the text when you told me you were going to ask me this question. So let me put it out there. <laughs> Cowboys don't draft or sign former Georgia <laughs> players. I hate that. I hate to say it. I hate it. So reality, it turns my 
stomach. I, I just can't understand why Jerry won't get past the Quincy Carter days. He is traumatized, and he won't let it go. I would love for him to finally prove me wrong. But, folks, if he hasn't taken a Georgia guy out of these past two or three drafts, then I, I just don't see it happening randomly now. Uh, yeah, I just – I don't – I love it, but I, I just don't see it. If, it feels like when I, when I, when I hear a tackle, because I'm all for – you know, taking a tackle of the future, but it's, it's it's so early right now because we don't know what's going on with Tyron Smith, right? Free agency, but it feels like in this scenario, you're basically you're basically saying I'll have Tyron Smith. So essentially, they're not going to the grocery store and they're shopping with the munchies because that's how I look at this thing here. If if they don't have Tyron Smith, you're going into the draft with the munchies and you're just like I, I gotta take this because I'm hungry for this position. Right. If they have Tyler Smith or Tyron Smith, then I feel like they can go into the draft and say, okay, yes. We need to take an offensive tackle at some point, I think, in the top three rounds. Uh, but we're not as hungry to take one immediately if there's another position that can come in here and play because this is what's so tricky about it. Tyron going to get hurt. It's just going to happen. He's going to miss three to four games. You would hope it's just That's three to four reality. games, right? So you, ha- you have to factor that in when you're looking at this position. We eventually, the Cowboys have to eventually take this position seriously for the future. But if they don't bring him back, you're basically cornering yourself into having to take this position, if not in round one, at the very least round two. I can't see him not taking it. Exactly as the plan should be. The plan should be to get Tyron Smith back in this building in 2024, and that is the plan. Stephen Jones said it himself. He said that's the plan. They're already sitting down with a Big 7-7, and they're trying to work out the numbers to get him um, you know, still here in Dallas for 2024 you do that that allows you to go into the draft and say hey let's see how the board falls if the perfect uh ot is there for our lt1 situation going forward for the future fine we'll take that 100 percent of the time however if things look a little shaky on at that particular position guess what maybe you still need to address the center position so maybe yeah. then it allows you to go you know do something else linebacker for example um, so that has to be the plan. Thankfully, it is the plan. And, I mean, as we have this conversation, obviously anything can happen one way or another. But I think it's trending toward Tyron Stan. He wants to stay. He's taken, you know, team-friendly deals in the past to stick around. He's still playing at a high level, which is why the Cowboys certainly want to keep him there. He becomes that definite bridge for this season moving into 2025. So then what you do, you double up in the draft. You get you a, a future LT1 because without Tyron, not only are you going into the draft, um, with the munchies, like you said. But that puts you in a situation where you're in dire straits now at left tackle because, again, if you're as hell-bent as I think you are on keeping Tyler Smith at left guard, mm. then what do you have at left tackle, right? You, that means you wouldn't have Tyron Smith, and we're talking pre-draft. You wouldn't have Tyron Smith, and the Chumay Doge experiment is over, thankfully. That, that did not work. Matt, well, let's go. His shoulders won't play nice with him. Uh, awesome Richards. We don't know where he is in his development, but we do know he couldn't earn a single snap last season as a rookie, despite the carousel of injury that the Cowboys had on the offensive line. So that's a bit disheartening. We'll see what year two holds for for the former, yeah, for the former Tar Heel. Um, But I mean, you're then in dire straits. So first thing, first, first things first, get Tyron back in this building, uh, or keep him in this building, I should say, for 2024, and then go double up. But at least you know that you can play the board versus going in being desperate and saying, you know what, it doesn't matter who falls. It doesn't matter what the BPA situation is. we got to take the offensive tackle because more often than not, 
That just doesn't work. And there you have it, our guy Patrick Nosey Walker. Hey, next week, I might again I might be in the nosebleeds, but I'm gonna see you there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's WWE SmackDown, American Airlines Arena. I'm in the building, Steel's in the building. I know a lot of our readers and listeners are in the building. The Rock is in the building. I got it. Roman's go. in the building. Cody's in the building. Oh man, I got to go. Turn me up. Let's bring it. Let's go. Hey, I love Cody to death. I really do. But I was raised in the Attitude Era with like Stone Cold of the world and DXs and uh, and The Rock. So when I tell you I got to side with Dwayne, I got to side with Dwayne. So Cody Crybaby, come on. Cody Crybaby. He's one of the few Cody I Crybaby. haven't seen. Come at me. Uh, live in regards to to the rock. So once I, I found out he was gone, I, said, I have to go. Like I have to be able to Absolutely. experience yeah. that that that, that 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 song, that theme hitting the rock coming out here, the chills. I have to. I've seen Triple H, Undertaker, Stone Cold. I see Brand. I've shown. I've seen them. Everybody but the Rock somehow. So I'm definitely there. You gotta get the rock. Yeah, we gonna turn up. We gonna be there. And ladies and gentlemen, if you got the tickets, come find us. Come link. Come join us. But until then. Um, Go and, you know, I'm talking to the Cowboys now. Until then, get ready for free agency. We want to see some whales. Uh, Facts. We want to see, you said you said you're all in. I'm calling your bluff. I'm in the building calling your bluff. So what you going to do? <laughs> Come with it. They're going they to call, call you with seven deuces, what they're going to do and lose our aces. But I appreciate you, Pat. <laughs> Love you, big dog. <laughs> they don't know about that, bro. Full <laughs> <laughs> <Poor> tray. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Shout out to Patrick Dosey, Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Another great edition of the Scientific Method, y'all. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break uh, and get back into some of these nuggets coming out of the combine. And almost a fan, just like a perfect segue. He talked about Tyler Smith. That's exactly who we're going to talk about uh, after this break. promise you. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of a million of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steele. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Anybody in the chat gonna be at, uh, SmackDown next Friday. Anybody? Bueller. Bueller. Road to WrestleMania, they're usually some good go-home show. Now, this isn't a go-home show. I actually went to a go-home show. If you don't know what that means. It's the last uh, TV broadcast show. So I went to a Raw go-home show before WrestleMania. It was crazy. It was, uh, I think, Undertaker did one of his old come from under the ring things. Triple H got the chance to see him come out. I've seen Triple H a bunch of times, though. But uh, this should be a, a fun one. This isn't a go-home show. We have a long ways to go. But uh, just to see The Rock at SmackDown, the show he's responsible for, got to do it. it. It is on the bucket list, as Pat said, as a, a Attitude Era fan, right? Now, I, I like I, I like The Superstar. I think it was called The Superstar. Somebody correct me. I did like that one before, but the attitude era to me is my it's the golden era. Old heads will say the 80s. Technically, I think that's what it's called. For me, it's the attitude era. Man. All right, let's get back into this thing. And uh, again, we talked about Tyron Smith. We actually, we talked about Armarius Mims, if he was a potential pick. 
Uh, I do think Tyler Smith will have something to say about that. And this is why I've been talking about Tyler. I'm sorry, Tyler Smith and going into these drafts saying, well, they technically can use his talents to their advantage if they want. Now that, that means he'd be bouncing back and forth, but the flex that he has kind of gives them flex. But at some point you got to say, Hey, this is what you are. So you know what you need to do uh, moving forward. But this is a uh, Steven Jones talking about Tyler Smith and left tackle, left guard. Uh, we don't know. You know, that's a, uh, you know, remains to be seen. I mean, it's starting to feel like Larry Allen uh, all over again. I mean, he, the great thing about Tyler is his versatility. He could be a great left tackle too. I mean, Larry Allen, I think played either one or one and a half or two years at left tackle. I think he made all pro those years too. So uh, he can, uh, Tyler's got that in it. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, when we're, you know, all through misogyny, we'll have a good spot for him. And the great news is we have Tyler Smith, and uh, his versatility certainly brings options uh, certainly. to the table in terms of how we look at this team uh, as we move forward. Man, he, he emphasized that certainly. And again, that's just something that, you know, I've been talking about the last two years, especially, you know, this is the first year he played guard a full season and all pro, right? Rookie season, in my opinion, I thought he held it down at left tackle. And I still do believe if he's a tackle, I think he can be fantastic tackle, too. That's just how good he is. Um, but I, I do wonder. I don't think there's enough there to, to, to dive in. I do know, I think, last year he was kind of adamant, oh, no, this is our left tackle of the future. So if you kind of want to add these two up, last year he was saying left tackle of the future. This year he's saying, ah, decision is not made yet. So maybe they could just keep him at guard. But I'll ask y'all. Because y'all know where I stand on this. I think the dude can be fantastic anywhere, but he is an all-pro at guard. So if they keep him there, you ain't going to see me getting upset. Where would you like to see Tyler Smith uh, for his career? And, again, I, I'm not a fan of Stephen Jones, but the Larry Allen comp is very real in the sense of, you know, Larry Allen played left guard or played guard and tackle and was amazing at both. Eventually settled in at guard, though. Uh, where would y'all like to see him at? Would you like to see him at tackle, which is technically the more valuable position, they say? Or would you like to see him stay at guard, where he's been in all pro? Guard, 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 a lot of guards. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, hey, man, you in all pro, we're going to move you. It, it probably be best in, in their situation to keep him there. The thing is, like, like, Steven said the, the, the flex kind of gives them that ability. Now they have to address this thing in, in the offseason though, in the pre and before the, the draft, because you still have two positions tackle and center. And even if you move, say, Oh, we're going to move Tyler to tackle. Well, now you got guard and center. We can say, Oh, well, TJ Bass. That's fair. You can say TJ Bass can go in there. Now it's just center. So it, it is some things you can play with. But I don't think they want to play around too long. I think you gotta you gotta figure this thing out sooner rather than later. Uh getting some tackle mixed up in there. Draft Tyrant's replacement. I do think you have to stop playing around with that. Weird thing is though, Tyler Smith was supposed to be Tyron Smith's replacement. Guard unless Tyron goes after the fourth game. So who who's you draft Romarius Mims, then that's the guy they're probably going to put in. Whoever that tackle is, they draft early. And when I say early, I mean 
probably first or second round. But man, they this is why I think they dropped the ball in two positions. And maybe they didn't, depending on what they do with Tyler. You, you did not draft your tackle replacement unless it was going to be Tyler, but you didn't put him out there at any given moment. And you could have jumped the gun on center as well. Uh, I don't know how you don't you don't see that. Like you you weren't going to sign Tyler Biotish, and you didn't elect to take you know the center position at any point. I mean, I would have took a center over. I would been, been awesome, and and the kid from uh, was a UTEP or San Jose State, the defense. I, I would try to grab a center and, and get him going there. So now you're kind of in this hole now. No matter if you move Tyler or not, you're going to need two offensive linemen as we stand now. And then the other part is, how oh, will we sign Tyron? If you're going to sign Tyron and say we're going to rely on Tyron, then damn it, you better spend a little bit more money on a swing tackle. And not Because if you're not going to take one in the draft, his replacement, you're going to need a swing tackle, a real one, not Tuma, who was a guard. So I got trust issues when it comes to, 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 to how they attack this position. I don't have trust issues in them drafting the position. I told you, they if they take a, a lineman in the first round or, or second round, I'm, I ain't saying nothing in, in regards of being mad or upset. Because nine times out of ten, and for real, for real, ten out of ten, if you go and look at Tyron, Tyler, uh, Travis Frederick, and Zach Martin, them dudes is four for four. I ain't got shit to say if they take an offensive lineman in the first or second round because they're normally going to hit. But if they don't take one in the first or second round and they rely on Tyron Smith, I will have a problem in regards to who's the swing guy. Hmm. Who's my swing guy? Because you're going to need it. All right, let's um, let's move to the next part. This part, not comedy. I don't, I don't never want to say somebody losing their job is comedy. But I want y'all to listen to Stephen Jones talk about the wide receiver position. They brought up the wide receiver position. And, you know, Michael Gallup's name came up. And um, if Stephen Jones played poker, y'all, because, you know, I, I play poker, I cleaned Stephen Jones out. Dude has no poker face. He tells you everything you need to know without telling you. Listen to this real quick. And I just want to hear y'all thoughts on, on what Stephen Jones had to say. How do you look at the wide receiver position behind CD with Gallup and the year that he had and then Cooks and how does it fill out? Like I said, we're not going to get into the details of, you know, where we're going to go. We feel good about that position, though. I thought Tolbert had a real breakout year uh, in terms of uh, what he did for us. Uh, Certainly Brooks did a lot of good things. We had him active, and I know Dak was comfortable with him uh, as a receiver. And so – you know, feel good about that position. Obviously, Cooks is just like Stefan. He not only was a great player and good for us on the field, but what he brought off the field, his leadership, his veteran leadership was uh, undeniable and uh, thought he was outstanding. And then you certainly had CD, so it's a good CD. group. Say Tolbert, Brooks, CD, Cooks. Where the hell is Gallup? He gone. He gone. If 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 he played poker, you'd easily be able to read Stephen Jones. Okay. This this is this is why y'all remember a couple years ago they asked him about uh, Amari Cooper, and you can hear him beat around it. And if you really read between the lines, there you knew. Oh, Amari gone. Somehow, some way, he gone. He didn't even bring up 
Gallup's money or nothing. He just shut that. Hey, 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 I told y'all we're not about to talk about. But let me tell you though about C.D. Lamb. Let me tell you about Brandon Cooks. Let me tell you about Brooks. Brooks is the fifth and sixth receiver. Let me tell you about Jalen Tobert. Steve, what about Michael? Hey, y'all know how me invite. Hey, enough with the Michael Gallup shit. Stephen Jones flat out ignored that man. He gone, y'all. Michael Gallup is gone. Somebody said, you better learn Chinese, buddy. <laughs> we talked about the cap implications of Michael Gallup. No way, no how you're bringing back Michael Gallup on a $14 million cap hit. Not this, not that guy. Mm-mm. The Chiefs just cut MVS, who has two rings, by the way, drop everything in the regular season, gets to the postseason, catch everything. Just cut him, save $12 million. You think that Michael Gallup is staying on this team for 14? Nah, it's not happening. But Stephen Jones all but just told you that. He gone. What else Stephen got to say here? Now, as y'all as y'all notice, I'm not I'm, I'm not really bringing up the whole all in stuff. That's 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 listen, man. For what? For who? For what? We, we we know the situation with this whole all in thing. I thought some of these other things were more interesting. However, you 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 can't have a, a Stephen Jones soundbite segment without Stephen Jones talking about the cap. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. It's always a challenge when you start to have a lot of players that you're trying to pay, you know, top of the market. You know, it's a challenge, but the cap has gone up tremendously. So it's, uh, you know, to me, it's not a lot different. It's just, uh, you know, how many guys you're trying to fit in there. And to me, it's a, you know, it's about players. Uh, you know, we had a situation last year where you end up losing a guy, but you end up getting four players rather than what you might have paid one player. And, you know, that's the way you have to look at it. Would you rather have, you know, three or four players for three and four and five million a piece, or one player for twenty million. So, those are the you know things you get into weighing in terms of you know where you're better off. And, uh... Really, dude? That's what we're doing. Not a surprise, though, right? How many other general managers are saying that? Oh, he's a general manager. I'm done calling him anything other than that. He's the general manager. Call him the capo of Capafella Records. The Don, whatever the hell you want to call him. He's that for this team. Would you rather have three or four players at Dollar General or go grab the valuable thing at Louis Vuitton. Oh, Steven. Sometimes that's, that, that's fine. All the time, though? Nah, man. Not all the time. But, man, you, you can't go offseason without hearing something like that from Steven. So I, I thought that'd be interesting. But right, one more, one more from Catboy and... and it's about the whole culture thing, right? This that that's the big buzzword. It, it, is the is there a culture problem in Dallas? Now, first of all, I don't know why you would even ask the problem. 
you think he gonna say? But but this is what Steven said though. The culture. Yes. I don't oh. know if you guys addressed that or you talked about that. If you that that was a problem that maybe you ever come up reason why y'all lost, but I don't know if has that come up in no. you worry about the culture on no, the team I don't. entitlement or anything like no. that? I think uh, you know, from the organization on down we feel we feel good about our culture. You always want to be better. I will say that. I mean, if you're not, you know, if your results aren't winning the Super Bowl, I think everybody's saying, how do we, you know, how do you ultimately be the last guy standing? Uh, but I think overall between, you know, organizationally, between, uh, you know, our coach, our, our, our personnel department, uh, I think our leadership on our team's outstanding. So, you know, you're always going to have somebody who's, you know, going to say something, uh, you know, that's not, you know, that might be, hey, that's their particular thought process on why we may have come up short, but I don't think in general. Personally, I don't think it's an issue. Should I get him? Should I get him? So I want y'all to listen to this general manager. So fitting. I, I, I retweeted this on the Twitter because we talk about this a lot on this channel. Again, first of all, you're asking one of the main culprits of the culture problem. Is there a culture problem? What do you think he's going to say? And let me tell you why he's going to say that. Listen to Brandon Bean, general manager of the Bills. I just want you to listen to not just what he says, but also kind of just, just you can kind of feel, feel him literally what he's saying. Take a listen. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a shit. <clears throat> wasn't long. Wasn't a lot. You might have missed it. You might have went to the bathroom real quick. You might have, hey, let me put my earphones out. But listen. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a shit. <laughs> I'm not going to be here anyway if it don't work out. That is not the problem here in Dallas. That ain't the button. That's the button. That is not the problem here in Dallas for Stephen Jones. He's not worried about losing his job. I love what Brandon Beam said. If it doesn't work out, I ain't going to be here. So I might as well take this risk. If it does work out, nobody will give a shit. I love it. Now, that's not to say that, that, that Buffalo has been doing all these crazy things. But at some, here and there, you got to take, hey, I'm a trade up to get my guy. Hey, I'm a trade to go get uh, Stefan Diggs. Hey, I'm going to go sign Avon. Did it work out? No, it didn't work out. But it's, it's, it's knowing, if I'm a fan, that, hey, my general manager is going to take those risks. And knowing that if he doesn't and he, he fails, his job is on the line and get fired. So I know that that heat that he's feeling, it never goes away. There's no heat. There's no heat in Dallas. What heat? Just I just played a whole bunch of clips, right? Stephen Jones, if you get a chance, go back or go back and watch the whole thing. He just, just look at him. He just... And again, I'm not, I'm not a body language expert, but 
when those when those general managers go to the podium, go watch a few of them. Joe Douglas is another one that's up there. He, he's his feet to the fire too. Uh, Brandon Bean, uh, just Howie Roseman, all these guys go. There isn't this sense of security almost any year. I don't care if they just won the Super Bowl. There is not a sense of security. Steven is like, oh, I mean, Jimmy. Yeah, you know, oh, good with Jimmy. We just kicking it on a, on a yacht. But what about the culture problem? Culture? Ah, good here. No problems, man. Well, what you know? What about this cap situation, right, Steven? We we, we got you got to pay these three guys. You got Dak. You got you know. You want to get those things done? Nah, we don't. We're good. No, no sense of urgency here. Well, we'll get to it. We can get to it. You know. We can move money around, but let me say this though. Oh, we got cap problems. It, it, it it's challenging. Meanwhile, you see other teams. Fucking. But these cat problems. So sometimes, you know, when I hear the people down there asking these rhetorical ass questions or silly questions per se, ask Stephen Jones about the culture problem. You know who I'd rather ask? Probably wouldn't have gave you much, but but one thing I know about Mike is is that sometimes when Mike is overcome with emotions at the podium, he say some things. Now, now, here's the thing, though. I do feel like he might have this inner guard to say anything disrespectful about the Joneses because they gave him another shot when nobody else was, apparently. So uh, maybe he'd be guarded. But Mike sometimes let some things slip there. Steven been answering these questions for 30 years. He's built for it. He just laughed right in your face. Everything good to go. Man, we've been saying that forever, Dro. That's why it makes no sense. And I'm going to read Dro's Super Chat. This is why this makes no sense. Super Chat. He said, you would think the fact that Steven can't be fired would incentivize him to make more risk. If we're a draft and develop organization, then we should be more aggressive in the draft. I would say be more aggressive in free agency. I mean, remember we talked about that last year. Like, okay, you do pretty solid in the draft. Here's a pro- Here's why I'm not about to sit here and... As as the young bucks say, glaze you about the draft. Pause. Because you need to be better because you don't participate. If you were so, and you are, you're good at the draft. Your team is good at the draft. If you're so good at drafting, then take the risk in free agency. Take the risk. If it doesn't work out, hey man, find me a Deron Bland in the round. Find me a Dak Prescott in the fourth. It's just my my thoughts on it, man. I, you know, I'd be more aggressive in the other areas because you are so good at drafting. I digress. Let's get to the horn. Let's talk to 478. What it is, what it do. Going once, going twice, 478. Might have got me on mute. Hey, there we go. Up, there guy? we go. There we go. What's up, man? There we go. This is Teddy. I hit you up on uh, Twitter sometimes, and I'm usually watching. First time caller. I oh, appreciate your uh, apologies. Not knowing who you are, on Twitter. You know, I'm kind of in it, on in and out of Twitter, but appreciate you calling into the oh, show. Oh, you're good. This is Tedrick. I'm in St. Louis. I'm in the Lou. Shouts out to the Lou. One of the things that I think is so hilarious, really watching the formal meetings and the informal meetings, is 
I'm starting to get this vibe like they're about to just take a linebacker in the first and say, hey, we're fixing our problem. And Gelkin has had an article come out, you know, saying they haven't talked to talked to less agents this year than years in the past. So I'm feeling like they just want to run it back as much as they wanted to. They wanted to bring Quinn back, and obviously that didn't work out. So now they're saying we had enough on offense. We're going to bring back Biotish. We'll bring back Tyron. We should have enough. Dak and McCarthy do what they do, and we just got to fix the defense. We'll be fine. That's just the vibes I'm starting to feel already as a Cowboys fan. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, offensively, I do think we will see some some. I do think they'll bring back Tyron. I think they're trying to do that. Tyler, yeah. I I don't know, man. If Ty, if Tyler Biotis is coming back on a one year cheap deal, maybe uh, I can't see them investing in Tyler Biotis long term. Um, but what I do think we'll see changes in the backfield. So you know, and I'm not yeah. look. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Opposed to the thinking of, hey, let's let's load up on some defensive talent, whether it's free agency or the draft, and and continue to work with the talent we got offensively. I mean, you could argue, you you should be able to if you get an adequate run running back or backs right in the draft, and you bring back Tyron, and let's say they do bring back Tyler, whatever, you should be able to still be a top a top offense. It's going to come down to more about the plan of attack, right? Once you get into the postseason. But if you go into the draft and, you know, you don't bring back Tyron, you don't bring back Tyler, don't address any of these positions, you know, I, I don't know. They move on from Michael Gallup. Some people feel like you still need to take more receivers. Yeah, you could argue, man, hey, maybe we should pay attention on offense side of the ball. But, you know, I'm not mad at the defense getting a lot of the attention as long as they take care of what they need to do, you know, with the running back spot and and, and Tyron Ty Smith. I, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I, I'm cool. I – I'm former offensive lineman myself, but I definitely am on the fix the center train. I just I can't yeah, see them fix the center train for sure. Fully investing in that, <laughs> I I see them doing something like a one year deal and say, hey, we got our guy back, we fixed this, we have a better offense. Uh, look at what we did last year. Our guys are gonna get better. Tyler Smith will get better. If if they bring back Ty Tyler Biotish, yeah, yeah, I don't think they address center. See, I, I would, I would, I, I would address good. center early and have my guy for the because for me for center, I don't think you could play around with just hot potato, right? Like, oh, put you in here, next guy, next guy, like get your guy, let him grow with your your line, your your quarterback, and yet now you got a stout center for years to come, right? Even though Tyler Biotish wasn't the best center in the world, at least you had a guy that's there that's reliable that you don't got to worry about week in week out of of, of knowing what the hell was going on. You know what, what he lacked from a talent standpoint, at least he brought from an IQ and, and, and a uh, toughness standpoint. But uh, I, I don't think you play around with center. I, me personally, I'm fixing that. I'm I'm prioritizing that. I know you shouldn't go into the draft cornering yourself. Um, but, I mean, there's three of them. In that first to second round range, I'd like to walk away with one, man. I'm with you on that. Just like you and the rest of new media have been talking about, hey, if the center's there, I'm taking them. If not, you get one of these receivers – that drops or one of these defenders like Latu or something crazy happens, hey, things can change up. C.D. Lamb situation, I'm cool with it. I just, based on their history and some of the things that are coming out, uh, what's happening at the Combine, um, informal, formal meetings, I'm starting to feel like they're going to target that first round like it was, like we had uh, Leighton Vander Esch again. So hopefully they prove us wrong I mean, and they, they move forward. So you'd be mad we'll if see. they took Edger Cooper? I wouldn't be mad, 
I'm just saying from a process standpoint, I still want to get someone free agency. I'm feeling sure, like sure. they're not going to lean that direction. I'm cool. But, but why? We get players who help us win. Let me bring some context to this situation real quick. Let me bring some context because this is, this is kind of the, I guess, downside of instant media and instant reactions. The context gets lost. So they're at the combine. The linebackers and the defensive tackles are performing today. So yesterday they were at the podium. So it's not like yeah. they met with a bunch of wide receivers and running backs and defensive yeah, or, or, or offensive tackles because they aren't available yet, right? So those are the names coming out. So when you see this list of all these linebackers and defensive tackles at the combine, of you know, of course, right? That that's going to make news and should should you know your antenna should stand up because Cowboys need these positions. But this has no bearing on free agency. This has no bearing on nothing, but we're at the combine. We need to know more about these players that we're interested in. So I would I would caution, you know, making too many conclusions based off of day one of being being able to speak with that specific group because that specific group is available. Is all I'm saying. Today may come out and it has uh, Professor Open dropping all yeah, these informal right. guys. That now in. exactly yep. that's informal though, but I'm more so looking at the formal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, now we'll come out today that there will be more formal meetings, and then instant reactions will be oh. Well, the Cowboys are good. You look at that tight end again. Well, they're at the combine. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to talk oh, to everybody. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd love. I, w- I don't know if anyone, you know, Professor O, those guys has can find the stats on like percentage of positions that we talk to, that kind of thing, that were formal meetings and stuff in the past. I think yep. that'd be really cool to bring up. But I'll just keep following Nick and. I think Nicole. Those they're on there performing they're on really it. great. I got to go back and listen to Pat earlier i missed out on that but uh appreciate it looking forward to see what they do listen to you every day man it's been listening to you since 2020 little 2019 damn you so you since. you was listening before i was even live like that i was just dropping these these videos and trying to <laughs> make myself look different so i could stand out you know i wanted y'all to listen to what i'm saying but i felt like i had to grab your attention for how it looked and, and they work man so appreciate you Hey, man, I'm proud of having someone like you doing your thing, and we need more people who keep it real, don't get sucked in by it, and, and just, you know, do it for the love of trying to build something new and be a part of it. Proud of Thank you, you and congratulations again. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Teddy, right? Yep, Teddy, yep. All right, appreciate you, Teddy. Bye. What's up, Nick? Um, hey, let me go over here real quick, do some, some refreshing. Uh, it's like a lot of informal meetings. Not many formal, just quite yet. Anybody got any like formal names that have popped up? Um, Professor Oban dropping all the informal. Shouts out to him. Not seeing too many, but I do think it's hilarious that all these informals are tight ends. So you know what that tells me? The tight ends are probably at, at the podium today. The tight ends are out there walking around or whatnot. So so you kind of get these chit chats, right? Um and, and I, I'd, I'd err on the side of caution in regards to the informal uh, because that's, again, can literally walk by, say what's up, uh, especially Lunda Well. Lunda Well is going to talk to all these boys. He's down there. So Lunda going to talk to him, but how many are they meeting with formally? That's that's really what the situation is. But I'm not going to get too crazy about them meeting all these tight ends. I, it ain't happening, y'all. I, if if it happens, y'all saw my reaction to Schoolmaker. I'm I'm ending the show. Whatever whatever draft show I'm doing, I don't want to do it no more. If they take a tight end in the top 
five rounds. Okay, I won't, I won't end it if it's fifth round. But if they take the tight end in the top two or three rounds, I'm done. I'm at these these mother have no clue if they take a tight end in the top three rounds. You should have took a tight end last week. Hey man, yeah, I'm just I'm just on YouTube. Jake Ferguson showed you all just needed to do hey, hey, but you know, we're gonna take the 37-year-old tight end with an injury problem. I'm just on YouTube, bro. Hey, Chris from Alaska. Good morning, Chris. Yo, what's up, man? What's up, what's I have up? a couple uh, uh Mike McGilkin. I was just on Twitter, and some college fans are kind of spazzing because they just read Mike McGil- Mike McGilkin's um thing. I love it. I love that or, he's uh, McGilkin now, but yeah, shouts out to Michael Gelkin. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I haven't read it yet, or I have to buy the thing to read it. But from what I'm hearing is, I guess, there's rumblings of no sign. they're not going to sign Dak. And I think that, you know, I understand if you want to put Mike at a lame duck season and, and just make Zimmer a one-year thing, but you do that this with is... Dak. He doesn't, you know, he, he's a free agent. He tests the market. He can't just, you know. This is what, uh, this is what I hate about social you know? media. It's a, It's one big giant telephone. I know what you're talking about. He didn't say they're not going to sign Dak, but that's that's immediately oh, what, I know, I know, what's yeah. going to come out of this whole thing. So he said that there are one-year deals for the – there potentially could be one-year deals across the board because of their head coach, just the, the assistant coaches that were signed, and then Dak Prescott is on a one-year deal where it's not a guarantee that they're, they they will sign him. And obviously yeah, they can exactly. – that's technically if true. I mean, smart, they would sign him. Yeah. If they were smart, they were signing him. If they're not smart, they're gonna they're gonna be dumb and not sign him and then he's gonna leave because he doesn't want to deal with no more bull crap. You know what I mean? He's, I I, he's, he's I, been I don't think they're not going to get work something out. I mean, again, you, you yeah, heard them not. talk about it yeah. down there at, at the combine yesterday. I didn't bring it up because it's to me it's not it's not that noteworthy. I feel like it'll get done. Yeah. All we're doing is going through the same things that we went through with the process before. They went through with Zeke. They went through with Dez. They went through with D Law. This is this is I'm numb to this. This is not newsworthy just, to me. This is what this is how they operate. I think it's just sad that Dak has to go through these stupid shenanigans with them. You don't see any other quarterback having their ownership come out trying to throw throw things out there for no negotiations and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's just dumb. Again, I'm um, I'm, I'm numb to it. I wonder if he is too. But 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 it's this is just this is what this is what the Cowboys do. Uh, usually, those players get their way any damn way. So, good luck to him. Yeah. But my other question is, um, when it comes to the running back position, I was curious. Cause obviously, I haven't met with anyone yet. But um, I'm fifty fifty on if they were to go get a a higher end veteran, and if they wanted to just get a lower tiered running back 50 like 50 a, on, in the sense of like you 50 50 on wanting them to or you think they will or won't no like like more like I, I when it comes to the front i'm thinking like maybe like i'm 50 50 on if they would like go for someone like a gotcha. saquon or gotcha. Henry, or if they'd be more on the lower market and then get a rookie running back i think and that's the second part majority of the carries because there's a couple guys because one thing that could be interesting if they do it but i don't think it would happen but still something to think about is what if they draft two running backs like they don't hey want to i go brought that up i'd do it i would i would take a i would take a back late day two early thinking, day three and then thinking, late day three i, I would hell that. yeah i mean shit i wouldn't mind it because i would like if we got like braylon allen and then uh guy from tennessee 
Right. That'd be just like a Zeke type Tony Pollard type of thing. Obviously, Braylon has a similar running style, but you know what I mean. So, um, hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not out on that at, at all. Especially given this staff is on a one year deal. You need running back. Y'all know how I feel. Running back should be plug and play. If you if you ain't plug and play, yeah. then you just ain't that good in my opinion. Um, and, and and it's not it's not that difficult to to get in there and plug and play, but it's about the how. So I'm I'm actually lower yeah. on the the percentage of them bringing in one of the big three. I, I'm I'm like ten percent. I I don't think they're going to sign one of those big three running backs. Um, they seem to be out on on paying any premium money to the position. And at this point now, with with the depleted market, premium is going to be anywhere over seven, eight million dollars. Because I think last year, yeah, uh, six million was the top. So if they if you go seven, eight and, and a couple of these players is looking for 10, 11, 12, Dallas is one hundred percent out of that. As they should be, in my opinion. Yeah, so I think a guy that we could get if we wanted a veteran who is like you can have your opinions if he's on the level of Saquon Derek or like a little behind is a DeAndre Swift, the Eagles don't resign him. Like, I wouldn't yep. mind him if he came here. Because mm-hmm. he wouldn't be that much. Well, well, but, according um, to uh, PFF, I think he a little bit more than I thought when I first looked, but he wouldn't be a long-term commitment, that's for sure. Yeah, but uh, I appreciate you taking my call, bro. Thanks for waking up every morning and, and doing these shows. It's Thank awesome. you, man. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. You, a good day. you too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm low. I'm low, man. I, I feel him. Um, on, on the the veteran thing and i we didn't do the free agent running back primer because i felt like we kind of did it already just it wasn't called that remember we had that show where we talked about the big three um and then we kind of even went into some of the smaller running backs i just don't feel like they're going to sign a big name running back nah because i don't think you're going to get any of those dudes for three million dollars or less four million dollars i think you're looking upwards of, of nine ten um and with some of these teams having a lot of cap they'll probably like, yeah i'll pay Derek or saquon or josh jacobs i'll pay them 10 million dollars for a year or two i don't see dallas doing that that's not to say hey man you, i wouldn't welcome one of these dudes but i i do feel like you fix this how and you and you get better blocking man give me he just said braylon allen bucky irvin or the notre dame kid Right, the Tennessee kid he talked about. We're going to actually talk about a few of these guys tomorrow uh, with Foots. But, yeah, I'm all for it. Bring me in the young buck. Block my – get the blocking right. We'll be good to go. All right. We got a couple more. Let's go Jimmy Fly. Hook him. What's good, Jimmy Fly? Hook him. Man, you know I'm here trying to hook something. What's going down, Scott? What's up, Witch? I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. Just calling in. Man, about this draft situation. Y'all are hitting all the points, man. We, we really should go to draft for a running back. We know we ain't going to sign no free agent. Remember what happened when Vaughn Miller became available a few years back? All that hoops like came over. We ain't do shit. Man, even in the interview we just talked to, we just, we just played a dude talking about you can get the most from our money. Mm-hmm. That don't sound like somebody that's going to go play, pay players that deserve to be played. It's like somebody trying to get some more bodies to fit within that number. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's so why I ain't I, got no faith in that. That's why when I do my primer, I have cat boy criteria. Because 
these these are the players, right? They're they're trying to get a couple dudes for for fifteen million dollars. They're, they're not they're not trying to pay for the Daniil Hunters, who yeah he might cost you, but he also going to get you, you know, eighty tackles, fifteen sixteen sacks, twenty tackles for loss, a bunch of pressures, and just be a dominant force. But they don't want that. They they okay. want you know they want minimal impact for for minimal dollars. And if they add up all that impact, maybe it'll equal to that dominant force. And a lot of the times that doesn't work. I mean, but you know, from a business standpoint, you do, do got to put that pancake over because there are a lot of teams that are having success with younger players and not and catching them even at the right time, being able to afford you know those other odds and ends to kind of make the team whole. So we do have the ability to go out here and get some new players to add to this team. Sure. To kind of take us where we need to be and be more efficient with our money. However, you have to know the obvious things and needs that you need in order to go out there and dump it as well, such as a dominant offensive lineman, a linebacker, or a key running back. Uh, I just don't think that you're going to really be able to. I mean, you can fill those holes in, in free agency, but if you look at it from a money standpoint, that's the reason why they're so hell bent on finding things in the draft or finding players on the cheap, you know, in the free agency, somebody that's coming off an injury or what have you. So, I mean. The cow, like you said, the Cowboys go do what they go do. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what I'm saying Stephen Jones is gonna do Stephen Jones type stuff. Yep. You know, what I'm saying so. We, we really can't be surprised. Mm. We can just hope. You know, what I mean, you know, they, and, yeah. and like I say, hey, I'm on record. I'm a dad critic. I'm a dad fan, but at the same time, I don't. I'm like, oh, what, man? All these middle games, bro. That's. It's, it's, it's a lot to be dealing with. I wouldn't be surprised if the contract ain't right back out of here anyway. Yeah. On his I, own there. You know I, what I'm saying? I, that's, that's, I mean, that is a conversation that eventually will be had probably if they if they don't come to terms. Uh, mm-hmm. If I if – if, I know his brother talked about, hey, man, if I could, I'd tell him to get up out of here for a number of different reasons. And <laughs> – I I can't yep. I can't be mad at it if you know but he he wants to be here he wants to you know help bring back the glory days here but yeah it's it's a different animal here and unfortunately whoever the next quarterback is they're gonna be dealing with the same things you know they'll, they'll love you at first and no the, the organization's not gonna be an all in organization and if it doesn't be if it's not successful which history shows even if you got two franchise quarterbacks it's not gonna be then they're gonna turn on the quarterback right. and, and then. That quarterback is going to be either exiled or or forced into retirement, depending on the the injury situation. And we'll be right back in the same process over and over again because it's 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 not that position that's your issue with this organization, but it's the easiest position right. to say, "Hey, man, let's swap that out because we can't swap the the head, or we can't swap the the owners." And so let's blame that position, and and we'll be good to go. We'll bring in this rookie, or we'll bring in this Kirk Cousins, or we'll bring in this whatever, and everything will be fixed. I I find that hard to believe. Um, I'm just hoping we strike lightning in a bottle, whether he's here or he's not. And and that's that sucks right. as a fan to have to like really hope to just get seriously just get lucky because you don't have faith in your organization. Not necessarily the players, the organization. Oh no, one thousand percent agree. I mean that's that's been the telltale sign or story, I should say, over the last however many years. Uh, the, the people that's actually responsible for the problem refuse to take responsibility. Mm, come on. Say that say that say that one more again. <laughs> the people that's responsible for the problem refuse to take responsibility. You know, it's like accountability is kryptonite to not just, I ain't gonna get no life shit, but you know, at the end of the day, people out here just don't want to take responsibility for their own problems, man. And more than, and more, and more times than not, see, we are our own problems. I'm just gonna say it, you know what I'm saying? We can't get out our own way. 
But with the, and I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna jump off. I gotta leave yeah, you yeah. with a question though, because you know, uh, Cowboys do some f shit when, 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 they, when they really feel like it. All this mental gymnastics they doing, man. Yeah, we need a lineman in the first round and stuff like that. Man, what if these boys pop out and draft a QB in the first two rounds? Just what if? I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. What if they play some crazy mess? I don't know who. Don't get me wrong. You know, since Brock Purdy made his announcement, I mean, uh, arrival in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to say it's a reach or anything, but. It probably be will be, yeah, you know. Pro- probably will be. Yeah. I, I, I think McCarthy, who's I think the bottom end of the first round, dudes, based off of I don't know, remember, but based off of what we're seeing, I think he's going to go before the Cowboys. Maybe even Bo Nix if somebody trades up. But and, and I don't even know if you know who I'm talking about ah, here. But nah, man, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare draft Bo Nix, man. As an SEC guy, I've watched him too many years, man. But let me tell you something. I wouldn't dare. If, if they, Why? God, you 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 pissing me off right now with Jimmy Flyhook. Not at you. I pissed off at you. Just the thought process of this shit happening. Listen to this, Jimmy. <laughs> Listen to this shit here, bro. Because now I'm sitting here like, yo, why would you trade for Trey Lance and take a first hey. round? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, but let me ask you this, though. Have you, have, have you actually watched Trey Lance highlight reel from North Dakota? I, when it, when he was coming out, I, I don't care about his highlight real five years from now, you know. <laughs> I, I, I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. But hear me out though, man. Hey, the talent's there, man. One thing people do not continue to remember is this guy. This guy no, I think you. For, yeah, but like, but, uh, maybe, I almost called you Bo Nix. Jimmy, Jimmy, that's a different conversation. That's a whole different conversation. Yes, yes, I, well, yes. My point right. is, why would you trade for Trey Lance? Former top five pick, whatever, <laughs> and then draft a quarterback in the first round this year. Oh, oh, no, no argument, no question. I get all of it. But me talking about Jerry and Steven, though, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, fair enough. That, 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 that love to go do the opposite of what everybody thinks they should do. You Black, see what I'm saying? That's what I know it ain't realistic. Of all the years to do that, I, I don't know this is the year, bro. Uh, you know, you could argue maybe a few years ago when you had you know a top ten pick or something like that, but 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 boy, man, an all in year and you take a quarterback in the first round, that that's not boy, and it really. I be I mean, all I can think of is Bo Nix. I mean, other than that, I mean, we're, we're, what are we talking about here? Well, I mean, I'm just and again, we saying what if, what if he decided to go up and really snatch somebody in the top? Now, now, now that's di- now now that's different, bro. You do now if they trade up, yeah. Then that's different, you know. They, they, now, yeah, that's now, what I'm saying. Go get somebody that with a, with a name, you know what I'm saying. Go do some blockbuster type move that they ain't just expecting that, well, somebody see it coming type shit. But it ain't gonna happen. I think they end up signing Dak, which I want them to do. You know what I'm saying? Build some pieces around Penix. him. Let's go get a ship with Dak. I guess Penix could be another Penix, one too. Man, I, yeah, Penix could be another one. Man, you mean y'all want one more? I like I like Penix. I like playing some player for sure. That that could be another one that that could probably fall down there maybe, but my my I have this philosophy that wherever a quarterback is at right now in in January February, bump him up a, yeah. a, an extra slot because what's going to happen is you get these pro days, you get these camps, you get these guys learning about these guys, you get boy, QB, hype train yeah boy, you get that hype train, and next thing you know, Jake Locker is going eighth overall. So <laughs> j- just get ready, <laughs> get ready because these quarterbacks wherever you got them. I'm just saying. Like I'm looking at a locker right by now. He ain't doing nothing. <laughs>
<laughs> what is Jake Jake Locker back on a farm somewhere? You know, you know, tending to the cows. Bro. Pretty funny pain, though. Christian Ponder and and, and, and Paxton Lynch and you know what I'm saying? All hey, these hey. dudes get bumped up because it's the quarterback position. So, and I'm not saying that any of these dudes no. is Christian Ponder or Paxton Lynch. What I'm saying is somebody gonna be like, hey, these fringe first rounders, the Bo Nixes and the Penixes, they, they, we're just gonna take them now. Get five years on them and let's roll. Man, I'm gonna get off here, but I gotta say this: if you brought it yeah, up, go ahead, go ahead. and it ain't even it, it, it ain't even really a correction; it's just an observation. It's the last day of Black History Month thanks to the leap year. But think about this, man. A lot of these quarterbacks of a certain makeup and a certain look, mm-hmm. they get gifted this lifelong wealth of mediocre skills. And you got talented guys that don't have the same look or maybe not the same style that come draft time when they have a hype train, those other guys get the demo train. Mm-hmm. Some negatives start coming out about them. They start dropping. I think you know what I'm saying without actually saying it. I think you know about um, I think about uh, the Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson when you say something like that. Yeah, for sure. So to me, it's, uh, as much as I love football and all major sports, no question, it's kind of hard for me to be who I am in this world and trying to blind out of certain things as well. You know what I mean? So I see that not only with with uh, the drafts of the QBs or just different positions, but the people like Cam Newton of the world. Man, Arkansas got here again. Brandon Allen is still on somebody's roster from Arkansas as a backup quarterback. Not, not hating that man, but he didn't got a ring with, uh, well, I'm sorry, he didn't been to the Super Bowl with San Francisco. Nate, like two years in a row, I haven't been to use that new man. Nate Peterman. So it's like. I think it's still in the league. I mean, yeah. come on now. You feel me? So it's like, and, and again, I'm finna jump on because I, I can get into it the whole other day. But, bro. It's a lot going on when it comes to the uh, the politics of the game. It is kind of hard to just be a fan, man. With that being said, that a Cowboys for life. Man, keep doing your thing, Skywalker. And uh, all these haters, get somewhere and do what you need to do. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. That's Jimmy Fly. Hook him. Nate Peterman. And Nate Peterman's still on the roster, right? Let me, just, let me just go double check real quick. Y'all remember who Nate Peterman is, right? This dude has the distinction of throwing five interceptions in one half or something like that, or a quarter. He with the Bears. Yeah, it gets it gets weird, man. It gets it, it gets weird in regards to these veterans and whatnot. The draft, I mean, you know, they going they 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 always trying to find ways. I, I call it draft fatigue. This is why I think the draft should be much earlier. But the, the NFL, right? Money, 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 money. They turned the combine into this big money draw. And to keep it a bean, what happens on the field in the combine is probably the bottom of what really matters. It's everything else. It's the interviews. It's the backdooring. It's the agents. It's the coaches. It's the general managers. There's things that get done outside of what's on the field. So let's turn it into a money draw. So they're not going to get rid of that or, or remove it from February. But I think the I think the draft should be much earlier because you you tend to do this. All right, now we got to find everything to nitpick at all these these prospects, and then certain specific prospects it gets nitpicked even more. But there are some prospects that are just undeniable. Be a damn fool, Cam Newton coming out, Vic coming out. You'd be a damn fool, right? Some teams though they ain't even on their board. Miss Jackie said politics. Huh? 
513, what it is, what it do? Hey, what's good, Sky? My name is Marcus out of Cincinnati. Shots I usually out. call in at Law Nation, so it's my first time calling in for you. Ah, man, appreciate you calling in, man, out there in Cincy. Probably cold as hell up there right now. Yeah, man, it's like 30 degrees. It's really weird because, like, six days ago, it was like 70. We get that bipolar Midwest weather out here. Yeah, it was 94 a couple of days ago here, and then and now it's in, like, the 40s or something now. So, yeah, it's really – this is – it's global warming, man. I'm just saying, dog. It's a little, little weird. But go ahead, bro. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have a few questions. The first question is the running back room. So I was kind of thinking and just kind of going through scenarios in my mind. And I was thinking, so what do you think of go ahead and letting Pollard walk and then we sign one of the free agent running backs, such as Henry, or even try to trade for a Mixon? or try to get an Eckler, and then go ahead and re-sign Rico Dowdle to be our second or third, and then go ahead and draft a rookie running back. I mean, we're loaded on rookie running backs. We have Blake, we got Irving, we got Brooks, we got yeah, Wright, think, we got Benson. I think Benson. it's a deep class. I, I'm still shocked that everybody was down on this class, and then when I went and studied the class, I'm like, what are we doing here? I mean, yeah, there might not be that top 10 Bijan Robinson type pick, but there is a whole lot of dudes you can get day two, day three. What are we talking about? So your scenario, Henry, Rico, and a, and a rookie. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Now, now Rico, I'm imagining you, you re-signing Rico on like a one-year minimum deal. Me personally, let me go yep. see if I can find you another minimum. Me personally, I would need to go. Let me go. I got to go look way down because Rico's going to be way down. And PFF don't do it the way down. Um, let me just just bear with me. Because I, 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 look, I get it. Rico, fan favorite. But mm, let me see if I can find you a, a Rico-ish running back real quick. That's way down here. Uh, look, we got A.J. Dillon down here. Uh, Zach, Ma- but Zach Moss going to cost you like three. Ty Johnson out of out of Buffalo, Marlon Mack, he gets injured a lot. Uh, I like Josh Kelly low-key. Josh Kelly out of the Chargers. I'd probably go a different direction. There's a couple dudes in here I like. Um, what's the cat from, I think he played with Chicago, uh, was drafted by Houston, might have been drafted by Houston, played with Houston. There's a couple other dudes, though. So I'll give you, I'll give you a Rico-style type running back, just not Rico. He'd get hurt too much. Deontay okay, Foreman, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, I'm absolutely. About. And then draft one? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I live with that for sure. I'd be happy, you know, actually. Now, if you ideally could pick any of the running backs in this draft, who would it be? Man, there's 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 a lot I'm high on, man. A lot I like. I'm I'm a huge fan of this Braylon Allen kid. Big kid, strong kid. But I would like to pair him. So, I don't know if you heard the show earlier where uh, I said I'd draft two running backs, one – in the in the day two, another one late day three, uh, the Florida State kid, really like him. Honestly, I, I feel like I could take him. I take him on day two, mm-hmm. for sure. Six one, go about two twenty ish. Great balance. Shouts out to Foots. Uh, we were talking about him the other day. I'm just saying, bro. Benson, Braylon Allen. Uh, I'm not as high on everybody as, as as the right kid out of Tennessee, but again. Th- th- me not being as high on somebody doesn't mean I wouldn't take them on the squad because I think there's so many running backs here. The if you want another bruiser, the Estime kid, the the uh, Notre Dame running back. There, there's a lot of running backs in this draft 
day two and three. There's a lot that it'd be hard for me to be like, damn, why would we do that? Bucky Irvin, right? You put you you pair Bucky Irvin with with a Braylon Allen later in the like, come on, man. There's just too many backs to sit here and and spend a whole bunch of money on one of these backs when I can go use that money on defensive tackle, on uh, linebacker, on corner yeah. if they decide to not bring back. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, who's your favorite? I guess. Mm, great question. So, I definitely like Benson. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Benson, bro. And I gotta say, I also really like. You, would, you know, would you take the chance? Look, would you take the chance on Brooks, the ACL? Brooks, I would actually J- have to Jonathan look him Brooke, up. Yeah, look him up, Jonathan. But his consensus is not consensus. I should never say consensus because you ask ten people, you get seven different answers. Answers. But prior to the injury, a lot of people will have Jonathan Brooks out of Texas as the top guy, but towards ACL. Reports are he'd be ready for oh, camp. Okay. But an explosive back. Uh, honestly, I mean, I'm looking, and he is ranked number one in the rankings. Um, I would honestly, if he is available, I'll, I'll have to look at his highlights and his tape a little bit. I would say I would take the chance just because we're not going to be leaning on him as our primary back, which would give him the space to be able to recover fully and integrate into the lineup. See, problem is you probably have to take him a little earlier. And you know what's crazy, uh, okay. though? Here's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, so. The Cowboys doctor did his surgery, Dr. Cooper. Oh, wow. And, and y'all know how the Cowboys love to take that second-round pick and use it as, as a, an experimental pick or whatever, right? Risk pick, whatever you want to call it. We're going to roll the dice on this pick. Boy, he he is he is screaming second-round written all over him to the Cowboys. Just is screaming it. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at it. I really wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad at that pick. I also like. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be mad. I'd be concerned. Is he going to have the same ability? Less than a year removed from an ACL injury, so then I would say, okay, if you're going to take this kid, who are you complimenting him with? Because he can't be the guy you're leaning on. Not year one. That's that's that that would be my. Yeah. So what is happening next? Are we are we going into round six, and we're taking another back? We're taking the Frank Gore Jr. Even though he's smaller, but. We, 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 who are we taking now? You know what I mean? In, in round six. Or who did we sign? Mm-hmm. Did we sign A.J. Dillon or somebody? You know? Yeah. I was also looking at uh, Ray Davis and Will Shipley as well. Not familiar with those two guys yet, so I would have to take a look at them. Yeah, Ray Davis. Ray Davis out of Kentucky. And then uh, Will Shipley is out of Clemson. They're What's... around. Yeah, give me, their profile. Ray Davis give me their profile. 5'8". 220, and then Shipley Shit. is 5'11", 5'8", 2'10". 5'8", 2'10". That's a rock. He rocked up. So, so Blake Corum? So, you'd be a fan of Blake Corum then? Because that's kind of... Blake Corum's a 5'8". It's the bowling ball. Yeah, 5'8", 205. I wouldn't be mad at him either if we got him on our team. Yeah. All right, man. I mean, we're just loaded on potential backs. I mean, I, I feel like we could really snag one or two if we really wanted to. Uh, 100%. In closing. My next question, my next question oh, to okay. you is... Final question. What what do we what do we look at here with our wide receiver group? I mean, we have CD, we have potentially Cooks, and Cooks is kind of like... What do you mean potentially? I don't know, he's kind of inconsistent in this system. 
What do you mean? And then what after mean that, potentially? kind of. You're saying like Cooks is not going to be here? Um, I'm not sure. Is he for sure coming back? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's on the contract. Okay, he has one more year? Yeah, yeah. So you got CD, you got okay, Cooks. Cool. So we got CD, you got Cooks. But then after that, what do we really have? Well, you got Jalen Tolbert, Kamate Turpin, and then Jonathan Brooks. Those, I mean, technically Gallup for now, but I'm moving on from Gallup. Yeah, so with that being said, it's just like, we, I feel like we really need to try to get ourselves a solid number three because the options became limited throughout the season, I feel like. And Cooks really, he, ha- he had some good games, but it was rather inconsistent for the most part, I feel like. I think he was very consistent in the second half. I think those first like four to six games, they were trying to figure it out. But if you go look at his back half of the year, he, he, Cooks was arguably your second Man, he might be arguably your most clutch receiver. I'm not sure if you remember, but he was constantly just coming up mm-hmm. with huge catches, uh, starting with that that Chargers game. So I'd be I'd be, I'd be happy to obviously have Cooks back. Uh, Jalen Tober took a huge step. I'm very confident in Jalen Tober being a guy for you, be a part of the rotation. I like Jonathan Brooks, but I'm not about to count on Jonathan Brooks. You include Turpin more in this damn offense from a receiver's. You you've got a like you've got enough weapons to get this thing done. Let's not. Let's not do that. Uh, do you want more? I always want more. You'd be greedy. You get more weapons. You get, you get another guy, especially to build for the future. But if you told me we rolled out there with that, to me, it's not about the guys. It's, it's about the, again the how. Like, I, I'm sorry. I've seen yeah. I've seen teams with way worse offenses get the thing get the thing done. So, uh, yes, I would love to get another receiver, especially in, the, in a young in this this draft, which is extremely deep. Um, but I'm not. I don't feel like you need to prioritize it over other positions if you get to that point. Free agency hasn't happened yet, so maybe you get to a point where you could be BPA and the receiver falls and it's your guy. But right now, you got way other more pressing needs uh, than wide receiver. Okay, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right. All right, brother. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for having me on. Indeed. Good stuff, good stuff there. Uh, Yeah, we kind of had this talk with uh, on Vacha's show, Vachin. Foots was going back and forth about it. We'll talk about a few receivers tomorrow too in this draft. If one if one happens to fall, if a CD Lamb situation happens to fall or whatever, yeah, you have to entertain the, the possibility. But you 100% have enough to put out a top offense, and you have again, it's it's. I don't I don't really think it's it's about the guys, right now. You do need to look towards the future, though. Cooks is not going to be here long term. He got one more year. Um, I'm not counting on Brooks, although I like Jalen Brooks. I'm not counting on Brooks. Tober's different, though. I, I feel like there's something there. there there's something with Jalen Tober to at least be a wide receiver three. But but you could be arguing that we need a wide receiver two of the future, and you don't have that right now. Will a young buck like a Coleman come in here? Brian Thomas Jr., like, can they come in here right away? That's my my question I have is that right away, in a year of right now, are they going to come in here and get down the position in the offense and the chemistry right now to, to be a factor? I don't know. Whereas I feel like I, I, I feel much better about a different position being a year one immediate impact. The talent's there for these guys, but as I've said many times, it ain't just about talent. Not just about talent, man. And I don't know these dudes from neck up. I don't. So 
all I can do is question that position in general. And I know that position is just not a plug and play. You automatically like that. You know, there's the Jamar Chases of the world, but we ain't talking about that. You ain't talking about neighbors and Dunze and, 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 and Marvin Harrison. We ain't talking about them. That's different. So, wide receiver position for me is, what are you doing free agency? Are you sitting comfortably in the draft to say, hey, man, we took care of what we need to take care of. If one of these dudes fall to us and we like it, take them. Last call here. Gots to go back to our guy. It's, it's Bandar, right? Not Bender. Bandar. Bender, yes, 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 uh, yes, Kai, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing on this fine evening, right? Sorry. Yeah, it's evening, 7 yeah. p.m. now, 7, something. Uh, 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 I called, uh, I waited uh, for you because you have a great show last time, and yesterday I think you were rather, I want to thank you, you on watch, for taking my question. It was, uh, I know it was a weird question. Like, oh, good I'm question. Not sure what's it? Yeah, go ahead. No, it was a good question, is what I'm saying. So it wasn't weird. It was a good one. Yeah, because I think I'm, I'm, I wasn't honestly following you during the Connor Williams uh, era. So I'm not sure. I, ah, I wasn't sure about right. him. You weren't following. That's right. You're right. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But now I know better. So Connor, to me, it's maybe his product of the scheme, like Watch said. But I like the way Watch thinking. He's taken under the undervalued money ball. Uh, concept which you get someone strong and has some treats and you play him at center I, I really like this concept because it's underutilized in, in the NFL I think pull up your question real quick I mean if you don't mind I want to pull up your question for the viewers um, oh, okay. maybe we can discuss it one second man let me pull you up over here uh, so his question for those who may have missed Boston Body Live show and and you know why why are you missing the show? His question was uh, JPP JPJ. According to most mocks, are going by twenty four. Should we sign Connor Williams? He's a guard who learned to play center, like you always wanted. And talked about the highest rated center in PFF for what for its worth. Or we take a guard and teach him to play center. Um, and what Bandar is talking about is you know we were discussing. Connor Williams time in Dallas where one of our problems with Connor Williams as you guys can attest to this is that he he doesn't have the anchor um and he did gain some weight and probably some strength but he did that here in Dallas and still was getting you know mugged what why I think Bandar why he his PFF grade is extremely high in Miami is because he is an athlete that was one of the things he was praised for coming out and he was a great athlete here he always got oh. to the second level no problem and Mike McDaniels is notorious for his zone scheme, getting his lineman on the move, getting to the second level and, and, and hooking guys, and he can do that at a high rate. So he's kind of like the perfect so athlete he, for that scheme. Yeah, so he excels on, on their scheme. That, uh, that's, right. well, that's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. He's more a product of the scheme than his ability. He has some ability, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think some, so. I have yeah, I have. I have some statements uh, because I don't want to take you long because I know you were closing the show. Uh, my first statement is about our country in general. But people, the, your chat is very funny. I was dying laughing about the guys are very funny actually. Toxic Tom and the guys in the chat are very funny. But honestly, we, I think they think we are. I work in risk management and telecommunication. I'm middle class 
mostly like America. I think they think the people who are high richer, people in Qatar and Emirates, Dubai, you know, these are the people who are, have the high income. Not, we have people with high income here, but mostly in Qatar and Emirates, but people think when you think about that, people having tigers and uh, falcons and stuff like We have people like this here, but we are, uh, trust me, Sky, we are normal people. We watch Breaking Bad. We watch... Uh, uh, we are normal people just like you. So we basically, y'all are out here with pet lions and, and pet cheetahs, is what you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have another because I don't want to take long. I, about the lion backer, about the. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before backer, you move on, before you move on, Bandar, do you have a pet? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, no. Um, my brother has cats like this. Does he have normal, a not, regular not, cat or does he got a, a, a big cat? No, 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 regular cats, regular cats. Okay, because we, cats, you know, yeah. we see I'm the right, same right. videos you see, you know, you know, on, on these on these social medias, and and do you do you have any and friends? No, no, who, who? Yeah, normal people like like us have the same reaction. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Why? Why? So, so it's not like it's yeah, not a why? normal occurrence <laughs> over there. You walking down the street, and and your neighbor yeah. is just chilling with a with a with a you know a cheetah, you know, a leopard or something like that. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen. Okay. Let me give, let me give me an example. Do you think people in Saudi Arabia think uh, you know you know the movie Hangover when Mike Tyson has the tiger? You think people in Saudi Arabia think people in America like that? Of course not. It's not sensical. But, but hey, hey, don't hey, worry, let's, hey, let's rich go people over here got them tigers though, dog. Like that's that's the thing. You know. What I'm saying? And Just one more nugget before we get back to football, yeah. Scott, because you will like this. I swear, I'm not. I'm not because I was nervous last time. I didn't tell you. But I swear, my grandmother, my late grandmother, uh, and my grandfather, we, they used to watch wrestling. And her favorite wrestler was a guy named, I think you know him, maybe his name is Snoka. He used to barefoot, he used to fight barefoot Snoka, and the guy with the snake. Jimmy Fly Snooker. Man, but I don't... And Jake the yeah, Snake yeah, Roberts. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are her favorites. She used so to it say, wasn't if you don't the... sleep, I will bring you a snake. So it wasn't yeah. the Iron Sheet. I swear, my... <laughs> no, 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 that's it, but okay. this, is, this is in it's our culture, uh, Robin Levin wrestling, and like, uh, bless her soul, and uh, the thing about the combine, I th I'm not buying that they're in they can interview 100 linebackers, I will not buy it until they actually be serious about linebacker and the mm. uh, tackle position, the nose tackle position, I'm not buying it until they address it. I remember your uh, reaction last year when they took Schoonmaker, your reaction, you and Watch, and uh, I think they, I, yeah, I think they have the same re reaction about linebacker. I don't believe they think the value is good for linebacker in the first round. So I don't think they will take linebacker in the first round. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Okay, I'm cool with it, but I will not believe they will be serious about linebacker until, like, they address it, because... Mm -hmm. The last year it was a joke. I mean, I remember the 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 guy you put Brad, not Brian Bradas, the other guy Baldi, yeah. who was talking about Marquis Bill Blaine. It, it was a joke. We we can't we couldn't fix it. We don't have any linebacker, and uh, we know about LT LTV. Little Frontier is is his he is what he is. I mean, he has his limitations. So this is my take about linebacker. I have other take about your last show. Also, you took some guy, I swear I was going to send. Sky going to talk about the guy in Miami, Ben Kinko. He is very underrated. Mm -hmm. I like that because 
this is this guy is actually like you said bargain shopping this is the cowboy range let's be realistic we're not going to get chris jones i wish we get chris jones but that's not going to happen this guy is so good i watch him sky i watch a lot of miami's game he is really so good yeah, he is like really him. good uh, and uh, uh, i like him a lot and he can play somewhat linebacker somewhat not always but he is really good he's uh, very undervalued and uh, i think this that was great uh, one last thing uh, sky i want to first uh, <laughs> Uh, two last thing. I'm sorry. Two last thing. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. Two last go, thing uh, about uh, yeah about uh, I was worried about the chat about uh, me talking about me and stuff like that, making the joke. I, I, I can take a joke, no issue. Oh yeah, we have when some fun. We just have some fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if your equal opportunity. I thought it was about me. Then I saw uh, not yesterday, the day before. Uh, Sure, when Coach McCoffey, you have to get Coach McCoffey. Coach McCoffey is crazy. <laughs> Coach McCoffey and <laughs> Kevin God Moore God is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, dog, they be, they, they be messing up names too, man. Somebody <laughs> called Michael. They called him Michael McGelkin today, and his Come name on, is God. Michael Gelkin. So, you know, I mess up names too, Come on, you, you boring guys also. You're boring guys. You're saying, you got to get Coach McCoffey. Come on, I was dying you said that. <laughs> I gotta play into it, man. We got you know, we gotta lead into it a little bit, man. Dog. Come on now. <laughs> I got the Clarence. I got the Clarence Hill laugh. By the way, the last thing I want to think, yeah, say I want to congratulate. <laughs> hey, my man, you got the Saudi Clarence Hill laugh. Come on. Right, in closing, in closing, man. Oh, my bad. Let me stop it. In closing, in closing, in closing. Two, uh, two things. I want to congratulate you on Michelle. I hope you. Thank you. How inshallah, baby will be good and everything will be good. And one last thing, I think, remember that skit for, uh, for Chappelle? Uh, no, no, sorry, not, not, not skit. I want to talk about Robert Quinn. Remember Robert Quinn when we got him from Miami? I think right, he okay. has the same money range that Giovanna Clowney. I think it will be good. I think this, uh, your uh, Clowney, the guy is named Clowney, right? The one in, in the Ravens, right? Yes, yeah, Clowney's he he was kind yes, of the yes. high end of the Catboy criteria, yeah. Good option, but I don't think he has career here. I don't think he will take one year after this. Career. I don't think his agent will That's encourage fair. him to take one other month. Yeah, because he had a career here. He, we were waiting since he got drafted. We were waiting for him to break out. He finally break out. I don't think he will take a backup. I think he will get paid this season. And one last thing, I think someday, someday in the draft room, maybe Will, will, will McClay will go, you know, remember the skit for Chappelle Show and keeping it real goes wrong. I yes. think if they take linebacker this year, I think Will McClay, not linebacker, they will take tight end this year, I think Will, will McClay will go crazy. I don't think even if no. the linebacker they're talking about go to 24, I will not take linebacker in the first, uh, not linebacker, tight end in the first round ever. Ever, if, ever, I, I just don't think it's a good value. If they take a damn, if you. they take a damn tight end at all, I'm gonna go buy me a goddamn tiger myself, and I'm letting it loose at the star <laughs> immediately, Bandar. At the star, attack. Matter of fact, let me find some Stephen Jones, you know, clothing. Smell, sniff this, and go get. Okay, because there's no way, bro. I'm not gonna sit here and try to sugarcoat it to none of y'all if we take a tight end in this draft. No, no, no the first time we took a tight end. He's supposed to be a good blocker, and he couldn't block. And he wasn't a great blocker, yeah, so. 
The same it. with Mazi. Mazi's story needs another call. Mazi's story needs another call. He's, a, he's supposed to stop the run. He couldn't stop anybody. Let's see. Maybe Mike, Mike Zimmer can fix it. He stopped eating. Okay. And, and, yeah, that's the problem. We got to give him <laughs> eat some more. But you said it's, it's, there is some other issue uh, behind the scene. We don't there know is. about it. Hopefully, everything will be fine. Uh, he will be fine. I appreciate your call. I appreciate the shout, guys. Uh, sorry I took too long. Never, never apologize. Uh, thank you. Great I will call. always support you, Sha- uh, I will always support you, you and Batch and Jeff Kavanaugh and uh, Dave. I-, I hope you, Batch said you will do a show. I hope you do it, guys. Yeah, we and will. we need the round table, please. We need the round table before the draft. Before after the draft. That's thank fair, you, B. Guys. That's fair. Appreciate you. That's Bandar, y'all, all the way from Saudi Arabia. Can, can we please get some, some flames in the chat, man? I mean, this thing... What just just a great call. It's two for two. He said, man, we 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 just regular people where we watch Breaking Bad too. Not walking around here with lions and tigers and cheetahs. I feel you, man. I'm glad he explained because I ain't gonna hold you, you know. I thought it was normal. Yeah, I, I did. He said, hey man, we surprised too. Good stuff, man. He knows stuff too. Don't he brought up Andrew Van Ginkle. I better stop sleeping on Bandar. I should have asked him that. Wifey said, "Do they watch Yellowstone?" <laughs> so we're in our Yellowstone era right now. That's what the young that's, that's what the young bucks say now, right? We're in our Yellowstone. We're in our Yellowstone era right now, man. So when y'all see me come on here with my Stetson, don't ask no questions, all right? Don't ask no questions. I just purchased a little ranch out back for the wife. You know what I'm saying? Built a, a, a they call it a bunkhouse. Built a little bunkhouse for my kids to go work in. <laughs> Mow that grass. Yeah. Just saying. I'm about to be in my my Yellowstone era. Jay said it's go. We we yeah, we hooked, man. We we hooked on it right now. We hooked, we hooked on the Yellowstone, man. And we, you know, we professional bingers. Yellowstone's a show. I've got my all-time favorites, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see when we we'll see when we get there. I did. Somebody spoiled it for me though on Twitter. They said uh, it's cut off at season five. Apparently, something happened with Costner and them. I'm like, damn man, why you go? So we'll see. Branch dressing. <laughs> yeah, uh, in 1883 and 1923, uh, wifey said those were spinoffs so we'll probably check them out too i mean probably check them out too fun show today let me get to these super chats though before we get out of here i didn't even realize we're, we're, we're almost at 11 o'clock Start on, then i started i started on time today all right we had 29 last day of black history month Super chat. And I already read Dro. I already read Dro, but I'll get back to it in a second. Uh, Night 405 dropped two and said, <clears throat> wide receiver better be able to block like Heinz Ward. You know, that is fair. That is fair, Knight. Uh, one thing about this group, <clears throat> when you go watch, you could argue. You know, Cooks ain't, that's not, come on, man. Cooks like 5'10". And then Heinz Ward was short too, but that ain't Cooks forte. 
Uh, C.D. Lamb, fantastic receiver, but I wouldn't go out on a limb and say this is a guy that's down in, down out, getting busy in the blocking department. Tolbert gives you the effort, for sure. I don't ever question his effort. Uh, Gallup kind of ended up being your blocking type guy. But yeah, I don't know that I would say this group has that Juwan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, y'all going blah, because it is so essential. And, and a lot of the times, and I think I might have said this before on one of our uh, Tape Tuesdays, a lot of the times these big runs that are sprung are because of your, your wide receivers blocking downfield. I want to say in the preseason, Simi Feoko. Now, if Simi had stayed here, Simi would have been, I think, one of your better ones. He's a big body. Uh, Simi Fioko was we sprung somebody on a, on, a, on a long run in preseason. That's a good point, though. I don't think we got blocking wide receivers like that. Anquan Bold is a good one. Mark said he's not a Cosner fan. Let me let me let me say something about this because my wife doesn't really know Kevin Cosner like that. So as I'm watching this show, I'm always like, I'm just surprised at this role for him. You know, I've seen a handful of movies from Kevin Cosner, a good a good bit, right? And and this one just seems just different. He's like the anti-hero slash villain, and just the way he plays it, it's like Kevin Costner. But I'm like, this ain't bodyguard rookie. You know, this ain't uh, uh, uh um the draft, right? This ain't that. Ke- it's, it's, so it's it's interesting to get used to. Is all interesting to get used to. Tricks just dropped two. Super chat. Said Drew McIntyre is winning hater of the year. He's killing it on social media, by the way. Killing it. Good stuff today, man. That's right. Um, last year, Toxic said last year, uh, the Cowboys schedule release thing was was kind of Yellowstone themed, I think, believe if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, yeah, yeah right. But see, I wasn't watching at the time. I kept hearing about it, but but I wasn't watching. Now we watch. So I'll keep y'all up to date on it. With that said, man, make sure if you enjoyed today's show on the way out, you do hit the like button. It is our, as Vach would say, virtual currency. Appreciate the actual currency sent via here. And if any were sent via uh, PayPal or Cash App, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Mo will be on later tonight for his final show of the week. And then I'm back tomorrow. Me and Foots, if everything goes well, which it should, we are going to be discussing. I think the linebackers work out today and defensive tackles. We'll be discussing a particular linebacker uh, with Foots. And then we're going to talk about a few other positions that he has his eye on. Players, actually, specific players. He has his eye on down here at Combine. The Combine is officially really underway today. Uh, let me get it for y'all. Let me, let me not just tell y'all a bunch of stuff here. But I do know the offensive line is Sunday. Hold up. So we got defensive linemen, linebackers today, DBs, tight ends tomorrow, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running back Saturday, offensive linemen Sunday. So when we come back on Monday, we'll be talking about combine standouts probably. Probably. All right. With that said, appreciate y'all. Fantastic calls today. Good stuff in the chat. Y'all are truly the best, man. Rocking every morning during this period. Can't thank y'all enough. Push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. I got gotcha. you.
My grandpa was big on the westerns, man. I used to come home and, and he, he'd have the westerns on. I used to think he was a black cowboy <laughs> watching all the westerns. All right, we out of here. Love y'all.